more of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go fishing down the river again. Up before the sun with a can of worms running with my friend. Scurrying down the riverbank, taking our positions on the bridge. Hoping for that red fin, one pound to put in Mama's fridge. Where the wobbler and the dragonfly knew us like they knew the river bend. Welcome back to High Tide. Kieran and Alan yes. in the studio with our special guest Stevie Bowler. Let's True. go up to beautiful Lauren and find out what Laurie Max up to. Morning, Laurie. I'm not a Lauren, I'm at South West Rocks. Okay, close enough. Close enough. It is close <laughs> enough. Lauren is beautiful. Yes. Yeah, but it's pouring rain. That's good. Rain is good. It has been raining all night, so we've probably had, I don't know, probably close to 80 mil or something. Oh, okay. That's a lot yeah, of rain. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had 80 mil last week as well, 88 mil the week before. Hang on, isn't this know. going to be a dry summer this summer? It could be. Is hey, out west, mate, yeah. let me assure you. It has been, it has been dry. And when we lived there, we were having that fishing comp. Hathead Swamp was burning and nearly burnt, nearly burnt the town of Hathead. So. Oh, okay. Did, uh, did she catch a fish? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, uh, this was good. I don't know if you... He, he doesn't know about it. I was away. Oh, you, I've no, been no, in no, Vietnam. Right. Tell I him. Thought you might have, I thought you'd listen to the podcast. Hey, all, by, all by herself and unassisted, Melinda caught... About half a dozen quite nice fish, yeah. Good to see. And and in the fishing comp, you won't believe this. She got a she weighed in a Maui six hundred and thirty seven kilo, and some mongrel kilo grams. Oh, uh, grams, yeah, grams, grams. Some mongrel weighed in one that was six hundred and thirty eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know who the mongrel was? Who? Mister Maganelli. <laughs> <laughs> the fish were caught. The fish were caught six days apart. Yeah. Okay. So, Anyway, what we did, what we did, we did the right thing. We decided, Melinda and I, called it a draw. Yeah. And, and we put the money in for charity. Good. Very well good. done. So, and the prize money in for charity. And, and then Julie went and won the trip to... Um, Hamilton. The, the, the Hamilton Island trip. Oh, beautiful. So we booked in for Hamilton Island next, end of next uh, oh, July, for a week on Hamilton Island, yeah. Bit cool up there in the end of July. Is it? Yeah. That'll, that'll suit you, but that's all 21, right. 22 degrees? Yes. Yeah, so, well, I was hoping it even for a bit warmer than that, but uh, well, they put me off a bit when I went got the price of the marina to take the boat across. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 2.50 a night. Yeah, that's right, yes. Oh. Yes. Well, I'm going to jump on the charter boat. For that, for that price, I'll just jump on the charter boat. <laughs> when you take, even if you're going in for a berth for an hour there, it's about $20 an hour to tie up a tinny or something like that to go up to the store and buy some stuff. Of course it is. So, uh, <laughs> no, well, that, Laurie, it's a great spot. It costs them a lot of money for things. But no, on islands, it's, it's, it costs you a fortune. To operate anything on an island, that's right. times. And it, it is the only one that's out of the 74-odd islands, whatever they've got up there, that uh, has got all the facilities. Yeah, no, I've seen that. Yeah. Anyway, look, we'll have a good week. We'll go and enjoy ourselves. I'll, I'll look. I'll send Kieran a postcard. Yeah, very good. That'll be nice. Yeah, and yeah, well, I was going to be. Yeah, go on. You could put an invite on the end of it, and I could call in there. They don't need a third wheel. Mm. Unlikely. Unlikely. Well, they might Kieran. do. <laughs> Shirley needs a bit of training. 
I've been listening to the show yesterday and today, and it sounds like Kieran's reaching the limits of his medication. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't hear yesterday's show, so I can't tell you I was on, on a plane. <laughs> he was on his hobby horse. Oh. Anyway, you, it, I should have given you my tailor in Hoi An. You could have gone and got a nice couple of new shirts made. Yes, uh, that's a beautiful part of the world, Hoi An. That's lovely. Uh, the food, the food. The food. Yeah, ah, yes, yes. So I got a bunch of tailored shirts and things made there when we were there. Yeah. I've still got them. They're good. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> the, the one that um, the one that disappointed me was How Long Bay. Nah, well, the food when we the food in How Long Bay, we had these very old bluesome and crabs for lunch, and I'm, uh, I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah. I was just going to say, I don't know if you went out in a boat at How Long Bay, but there's no, an average of 300 boats per night out the middle of How Long Bay, all anchored up. Yeah, no, we were there. We yeah. Horrible. But anyway, we did the trip. We did the trip down. On the on the. Did you get the Unification Express from? No, no, no. We flew down from uh, Hanoi uh, down, yeah. and then both ways. Well, the highlight of that trip was me going to the toilet about one o'clock in the morning <laughs> and shutting the door on the sleeper car. When you get back, all the doors on all the sleeper cars are the same. <laughs> oh, in the bed with a very nice Scandinavian girl. It was very good. Yeah, that wouldn't have lasted long. <laughs> yeah, one of the interest, one of the more interesting stories of our travel. It was a very good sport. We kept our, our group and their group kept sort of bumping into each other. Yeah. So we had a few, we had a few drinks and a few meals over the. Thing. It was quite, yeah, it was quite the talking point of the trip. Yes. Yeah. Interesting fact: I was telling the boys off air, Laurie. Um, over there, because everyone uses motorbikes and motor scooters to get around. Absolutely. They, on roller skates. That's right. They average, the sales of motor scooters and motorbikes in Vietnam alone is 9,260 new ones per day. Yep, that's right. 3.38 million a year. Yeah, they were pretty cheap. I'll tell you what else was fairly cheap there. Um, when we, we, we went once by ship and once by... Uh, we went and did a full-size tour, like you've just done. That was great. We came in by ship, and I was tempted to buy an outboard motor and just put it in the on the in the hold of the ship because it was oh, fairly cheap compared to here. I didn't see any for sale over there. There's very few no, outboards. No. Yeah, no, no. And then I thought, well, we actually our motel was opposite where they sold the outboards, and I just thought, nah, that wouldn't be bad. I was going to bring a fifteen back, you know. And I thought <laughs> I could put the carton, you know put the carton in the back of a taxi, turn up at the side of the ship, and I thought, nah, all you're going to do is complicate your life, Laurie. Just That's yeah. right. <laughs> yes. And then when I got back, it wouldn't be warranted and all the rest of it, so yeah. I just, nah, don't worry about it. And I've, I've doubled the hours on my little tinny. Oh, good. <laughs> Went from 22 to 50. That's, but that's what the idea is, use them. That's what it's all about. Well, we're going, when we, we've been crabbing, so it's out every day. Yes. So, it work out all right for your crabbing? Oh, no, it gets dirty. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Julie's no, job to clean no. it. No, no, it's Jasper's job. He vacuums it and cleans it. But okay. No. I'll, yeah, you don't know how to get around this one. Terry's tinny's not, not as reliable as mine. But anyway, look, I'll, we put a big mat down so that all the junk lands on the mat in theory. Yeah, well, the, the, still the, has to wash the boat. Yeah, the carpet's all right, but you just hose it off. It's not too bad. I've got a feeling if I keep doing it when I lift the floorboards, there'll be half a beach under the floorboards. But anyway. And actually, you should you should lift the floor every now and again on them every year or two. Get, because yeah. if you lose um, hooks or sinkers, sinkers or swivels, swivels, that yeah. does cause a lot of corrosion issues. 
Oh, absolutely. Anyway, look, it's going like a top. Beautiful. Eight dollars a day. To, Eight dollars a day to go fishing. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Good to so, see. Anyway, it's raining even heavier right now. So, uh, uh, but I, I have fished through the week, so it's, I've, I've got we've plenty of fishing report to do. So, okay. Well, we'll take a break. and We'll come back with that. That's good. Okay, we're talking with Laura McAnally back soon. Weekend Mornings with Pete Davis. I had a farmer from Coonabarabin and he said that they're getting half the amount of money for their cattle now, but unfortunately, in the supermarkets, the meat prices are still very high. Pete Davis. Has Sydney talking. I was at a farm, the lady there grows cabbages. They're selling them in Coles and Woolworths for $5 and she gets 30 cents for them. So, you know, everyone's being nailed to the wall by the big supermarkets and, and nothing's happening. 2SM has Sydney talking. Today I'm talking to Tracy, who is one of Arbor Vitae's many happy customers. Hi, Tracy. Hello, Lee. When did you start taking Arbor Vitae and what for? I'm a cake maker by trade and suffered with sore hands for years, which is a common issue for my fellow bakers. They know how debilitating it is. A friend suggested I tried Arbor Vitae and I can't believe how well it's worked for me. What benefits have you noticed from Arbor Vitae? It was after my second bottle that I noticed the difference. My pain has all but disappeared. It's like a magic potion. I'm able to work with no pain. No stretch of the truth. It's worked so well for me. It's wonderful to hear how much of a positive impact it has had on your life. Thank you for your time, Tracy. Arbor Vitae is an easy-to-take daily supplement that may help manage some of the most common health disorders caused by inflammation. Arbor Vitae health supplements are now available at Chemist Warehouse, Australia's cheapest chemist. Visit arborvitae.com.au. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. Want accurate weight and ADG for every animal in your mob or herd? Consider True Test Walk Over Weighing. It's precision livestock farming where you can capture weights on every animal, not just a selection of them. With automated weighing and drafting you can trust, you can make decisions on your top and bottom performers with ease. With 24-7 support every step of the way. Get True Test Walk Over Weighing working for you. Phone 1-800-248-774 or visit truetest.com. With NHP's N-Line of electrical enclosures, you can save without compromising on quality or performance. Thanks to the workability of ABS material, N-Line wall-mount enclosures and terminal boxes are easy to install, drill, cut and modify. So it's a breeze to customise to suit your specific needs. NHP N-Line wall-mount enclosures and terminal boxes help deliver efficient projects for a range of applications without breaking the bank. Get NHP N-Line wall-mount enclosures and terminal boxes from your local electrical hall. With Angel Flight, hundreds of needy, seriously ill Australians don't have to spend painful days on the road. Angel Flight pilots fly them there, free of charge, turning miles into minutes. So please, support the work of Angel Flight or get involved as a volunteer pilot or driver and help bring blessed relief to people who so desperately need some. Listen to 2SM online, 2SMSuperNetwork.com. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's... Welcome back to High Tide. We're talking with Laurie McAnally up at Southwest Rocks for a fishing report. Well, it's still raining even heavier than when we started. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the boat outside. It'll wash the floor for you. Well, I should have... I wasted two good days through the week doing my tax. I should have saved it for today. So yes. anyway, you're not to know that. 
But yeah, through the week, uh, Polish Pete and I went and had a fish out wide in 105 metres. Uh, just so people know where we start, we start about a K or so north of the fad and just worked our way north. And just looking for bits and pieces with a bit of life on it. There's a lot of reef out there. It's a, it's a long reef chain. And in fact, was once, was once, the coastline of Australia. There you go. When you could walk across to Tasmania and you could walk across to New Guinea, yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. You can't believe that things change, can you? No, no. It's, I thought it was all climate change. No, well, things change. Kieran remembers that. <laughs> yeah, well, Kieran. We'll leave, that. leave me alone. You, you've been baiting him all morning, Steve. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> well, some of your little end comments at the end will get you into a lot of trouble one day. <laughs> Potentially. People listen to what you say. <laughs> now, uh, so we, we had a good mixed bag of fish, uh, nice, um, not, not, nothing huge, but we had, you know, the, the usual, basically like a charter boat catch, I guess, we had, we had the two of us, got, we got five snapper, four pigfish, you know, seven or eight moey, seven or eight flathead, uh, a couple of cod, a couple of bits and pieces. Uh, anyway, it was all good. And Pete's probably still cleaning them because he took, <laughs> I took two snapper home and one flathead. That's it. I had five or six flathead too. So by the time we cleaned it all, it was all pretty good. A bit like when we fished with Melinda. The only thing is, I lost. I did lose a very big pearly, but um, that's fishing. You don't catch them all. No. And uh, uh, so, but the, but the conditions out there, it's just fishable, folks. So if you're going to go out there, you're better off. I think you're better off working 60 metres straight off, off grassy or north of grassy there. Uh, you're probably better off. It's easy, a lot easier to fish. But uh, anyway, it was all fun. All the, the four electric reels on board, so away we went. <laughs> we don't have to work too hard. We just keep catching for the, you know, until we got what we want, then we go home. Uh, so, look, there's, there's plenty of bottom fish. It's, uh, as I said, go, my, my, still, my pick would probably still be the fishing sort of 55 straight off Scott's head, probably be the, the pick of the areas. So, but it's worth fishing because there are good fish. There's trag, uh, tusky, you know, pearly snapper. You'll get enough good fish to make a really nice, you know, nice catch for the day, and it's it's also surprising. Everyone says, "Oh, what's a good catch?" And Julie sort of we share the, the sort of domestic responsibilities. Technically, three fish for Julie and I is a week. That keeps us going all week. Okay. So you don't. It's like you know. I don't know how many people. You know, some people. It, it is nice to catch. You know, you say, "Oh, look, I've got a box of fish." Well, if you've got a box of fish, you've got to give them to someone. Mm. You know. Yeah, um, and I know, oh, look, I know I can catch sort of a, a box of fish most times I go out, but you've still got to have someone, you know, I've spent, some days I just spent half the afternoon just driving them around, dropping them into people's places. So, yeah, I only, only catch what I need, but you catch, you know, if you go out in that deep water, everything you catch, you keep. Yeah. So, anyway, anyway, not to worry, it's all, it's all, it's all good. Yeah, so, but also offshore, Terry fished on Thursday. Terry Ward fished on Thursday with some. He had some family members up who don't go fishing, which was good fun. Because some of them were not very well. <laughs> <laughs> he had to scrub the side of his boat when he got home. Yeah. <laughs> one of the better. This one of the better. Everyone said, "Oh, come on, take us." You know, ring, ring. You know, any chance of going for a fish? Uh, yeah. Oh, no problem. But do you get seasick? Oh, how do I know? I've never been to sea. So well, you'll get seasick, and uh, you take these nice family members or friends of family out fishing, 
And of course, you, you, be, you usually don't even get past the bait ground. So we're going home now. So yeah, like hell. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, didn't Melinda take along her own burly bucket? Yeah, he was okay, but he was very subdued. He just all he did was go very, very quiet. I'm not, he hasn't got much to say, you know. Very Warren was sitting up the front quietly, and then put the rod down, and things got slower and slower. And then as we went from one spot to the next, he heads for the side of the boat, and up she comes. Anyway, but he was he was actually civil. I've had people on the boat who get very uncivil when I won't take them home. What do you mean we're not going back till 12 o'clock? I said, well, mate, I, I paid for the ice, the bait and the fuel. There's a hundred bucks. I said, I said you're not, uh, we're not going home. I told, and I always tell them at the start, you know, if you go, if you make sure A, you take a seasick pill and B, if you do get seasick, don't expect any sympathy from me. I'm out there to fish. I don't care about you getting seasick. Although the bourbony ones are no good. The ones where they've had 10 bourbons and I've they're no good. That's anyway, self-inflicted. Yeah, no, no, but you know, when I had the charter boat, I have lots of them. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, but no, no, if you get seasick on my boat, just find a spot up the front. I'll get a life jacket for a, you know, get a, a non-inflatable one for a pillow. Make yourself comfortable because you're going home when I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> the lower you can get in the centre of the boat, the better. Mate, mate, once they start... Once they start getting seasick, it's terminal. All these yeah. remedies, all these things, nothing fixes seasickness. No. It's, it's, the only thing that fixes seasickness is terra firma. Yes. Yeah. And the more, more of the firma, the less of the terror. You know, no, I had a car, I've got a cousin who gets crook fishing, and he just says, I, I get crook fishing. So he'll be there pulling fish, yawning over the side at the same time, just keeps pulling the fish in. Yeah, well, good luck to him. Most yeah. of just as I said, the, the non-fishermen who come out with, well, I've actually fixed it. The answer is, usually when people ring now, the answer is no. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to remember, Al, my boat's only a two-seater. That's right, yes. Yeah, Yeah. well, me and my mate are going fishing and all the seats are taken. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Terry went down to Fish Rock and found kingfish biters. Like I said last week, you can actually take your shoes and socks off and go for a walk around Fish Rock. There are that many little kingies, you won't sink. There's just millions and millions of 60 or 55 to 60 centimetre kingies. You just, they're just plague proportions. Uh, using the poppers, he did, he did hook two good kingies, about five or six kilo, and the sharks ate them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he didn't have, they, they all experienced catching a nice fish, and they got to throw about 100 kingies back. He stopped off on the way home out the front there somewhere and got four nice snapper, probably at the dot on the way home. But he didn't get too much else. So, uh, but yeah, the fish rock is just there are big kingies there, but it's alive with these little little kingfish. But uh, all these people tell me there's no kingies. I obviously don't fish here or at Coffs Harbour. There's a million at Coffs Harbour as well. So uh, they, we'll obviously have to send send them down to Sydney so Alistair McGlashan can stop. Worrying about kingfish because it's plenty here out. <laughs> it's like fisheries worrying about blue moong. Just go to 106 metres off Southwest Rocks, you'll get as many blue moong as you want. And uh, anyway, not to worry. Um, we caught a heap of nanny guy too uh, through the week. I haven't uh, caught them the last couple of times, but yeah, they were scarce for a while. They vanished for a while. They're sort of on their way back or something. There's, a, well, there's just a lot more of them. Whatever, but so that's all right. There's a few surface fish turned up, a few bonito. There were plenty of stripies out in 60 fathoms, striped tuna kicking around in 60 fathoms as well when we were out there. So it's and plenty of dolphin fish at the fat up to eight kilo. 
So, yeah, look, it's, offshore's okay. Uh, beach and rock, pretty quiet. Rock. This is a changeover period. Uh, there's a few whiting on the beaches. Pick the southeast corners uh, or the southern corners of the beaches. The protected little areas seem to be firing the best. Hathead, the corner at Hathead where the creek comes out down to where the cars drive on, that little half mile stretch there's got a few whiting in it. North Gap's got a few whiting in it. Uh, and apparently Connors and Third Beach down below Hathead's got a handful. So look, there's a, a few. They're not, they're just not thick at the moment for, they weren't very good last year either. So just, they're going to have to breed back up again. We lost a lot in the, in the floods. Hmm. In the river, the river is full of flathead. So there's just miles and miles of flatties. And as I've said once or twice before, I don't know how many have been caught in the last two years, but just <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't know why they're worried about flathead and put size limits on. There's, there's, I can I, I can catch enough to bag out in a drift, one right. drift I can, well. I can bag out. So it's it's not that tricky. So uh, look, uh, I'm happy to see the big uh, females protected. That doesn't bother me. But uh, I'm just saying it's. Just, of all, of all the things we picked on to make a change last year, the last thing we needed to worry about was flathead. But anyway, uh, there's a few school mulloway. Well, there's a lot of little mulloway uh, still. Um, we've been catching them on the vibes. All, every trip we get two or three or four school mulloway. No big ones, but there have been some decent ones caught. They have caught some legal ones at the Golden Hull of a night. If you're prepared to put up with the mozzies and sandflies, of which there are millions... Uh, so if you're going to go and fish up there, I'm telling you, make sure you wear something to keep the Aussies off, because as soon as the sun goes down, you'll be covered in them. Uh, so that, that side of it's uh, interesting. Uh, and there's plenty of bass. Everyone who's been up bass fishing, I've seen photos of heaps of bass up to 50 centimetres. So there's a stack of bass upstream from, uh, from uh, Kempsey. Uh, if you want to put the canoe in and go for a paddle, you'll have some fun. So that's about mm. it for the day. That okay, sounds very go. good, thank you. And you get packed up, ready to go to Hamilton Island, you'll have fun up there. Next July, next July. So yeah, I've got a heap of things to do before then. I've got to go to, uh, I've got Rainbow Beach for two weeks. I've got that booked. I've got, uh, we're just about to book Africa for a month. Nice. Uh, in August, September, to for our safari, or Julie's safari, camera, camera safari, folks. Um, and, that's, and then after that, I think I'm, I've got, yeah, Hamilton, and I've got something else. I forget where we're going in, in uh, October, November. Somewhere we're going somewhere special. I just forget where it is. Might be snow. Might be the snowies. I oh, hang on. I don't make all these plans. I just pay for them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good to see. So okay. it's a- nice to hear you back, Al. Look after yourself. Yes, and, uh, I will. We'll, we'll, we'll catch everyone. If Melinda's sick, I'm sorry, Melinda. Bad. You'll just have to. You'll just have to tough it out like all those politicians. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Laurie. It could be worse. She could be in Parliament House. I've never seen so many sick people as there. I'll see you later. <laughs> so, Laurie, thank you. Bye. Laurie McInerney from South West Rocks. We better take a break. Imitators come and go, but there is only one John Laws. Our Prime Minister has reaffirmed Israel's right to defend itself, but he says Israel must recognise international concern about the extent of the civilian deaths, which are spiralling towards 10 thousand innocent people. The hardest thing I've had to do over the last couple of weeks is put some of these cattle down, uh, unfortunately, with a rifle. It comes close to bringing a tear to your eye. Uh, that's terrible for you to have to do that with your own stock. And those big, yeah. beautiful eyes, they look at you, they oh dear, I couldn't do it. 
people that throw cigarettes out their window as they drive along. That's starting a number of fires around here. Can I suggest they scrub it out on their arm or leg and then put it on the floor? <laughs> That's what they should be doing. The John Lewis Show, weekdays from 9am on 2SM. For the toughest jobs, at home or on the job site, you need the toughest gear. For almost 50 years, Sherlock Wheelbarrows have been hard at work for the weekend warrior and trade you alike. They make moving mulch, bricks, concrete and waste around the home or job site easier because Sherlock lasts longer. Lighten your load with Sherlock. Visit the full range at sherlocklastslonger.com.au Available at Bunnings Warehouse. With 20 tab tracks across New South Wales and plenty of greyhound racing action daily, thedogs.com.au is the home for everything greyhound racing. Watch all New South Wales greyhound racing live, plus view on-demand replays and get expert form analysis and tips on every race. The black book function allows you to add your chosen dogs and trainers to let you know when they're running next and update you with their results. It's the one-stop shop for greyhound racing. Visit thedogs.com.au. Gamble response. Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Made from olives grown in northern Victoria, they're harvested and first cold pressed within four to six hours to create a premium quality oil. This is what guarantees every bottle of Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour, elevating your entertaining and making your food taste even better. Cobram Estate, premium quality, great tasting and the healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. Are you building a new home? Well, there's a more affordable way with a PAL Kit Home, Australia's most experienced and trusted kit home supplier for more than 50 years. You can become an owner-builder and manage the building of your own home. PAL guarantee that you can do it even without prior building experience. Find out how you can build your very own home. Go to PAL, that's P-A-L, kithomes.com.au or you can phone them on 1-800-024-912. This is 2SM Sydney. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go fishing down the river again. Welcome back to High Tide, Kieran and Alan and Steve Bowler in the studio. But let's go over to the Solomons, Kieran. Okay, it's good. Peter Sayer, good morning. Good morning to everyone there. How are you going today? Well, we've been having great time, but you've been having a better time than us, I think. Yeah, we've been having absolute poor. In fact, I'm I'm very relaxed here. I'm, um, <laughs> thinking I'm about to stay. <laughs> I, I, I liked the Peking duck the other night. They looked very well, and the wontons the next day. Yeah, the wontons, and then we had panko crumbed uh, Spanish mackerel, which they call kingfish over here in Stanley. But, okay. Um, yeah, very nice, very nice. We're, we're dining well. That's um, good. Now, tell the listeners about some of the wrecks you've been diving on. Okay, so um, the main one we've been diving uh, recently is the Toa Maru. Now, the Toa Maru was a Japanese transport ship and it was doing regular uh, runs between um, uh, Japan and uh, the Solomon Islands and that area in Rabaul as well. So uh, the Japanese have set up a, a, a place in Rabaul, okay, a, um, a camp there, and uh, they'd taken over Rabaul and they were transporting... Um, well, this particular ship was transporting uh, equipment to make a um, airfield here in the Solomon Islands, 
Uh, it was spotted by uh, some coast watchers in the area and uh, the um, combined forces of Australia, New Zealand and uh, America uh, took out a, a bombing raid on the ship and they punched two holes into the front of it and then they, um, they fired a plane. Uh, so the bombers uh, done the first run, then one of the uh, escort fighter planes went down and strafed it and set fire to it. So. The ship apparently ran around in circles for a couple of days after the crew abandoned it and eventually took on enough water and sunk uh, not too far from Giza here to, at a small island. Yeah. Um, the um, the ship sat there for some time in a vertical position and then it um, had a tsunami and an earthquake here and the ship's fell over and fell onto its side. Okay. Um, it, it had on board a, a couple of mini tanks, which I put some photos up there the other day. Um, I swam past them twice and didn't recognise them. Then I turned back and thought, oh, hang on, that's a tank sending there. <laughs> so it was a small Japanese um, armoured tank. Um, and there's a, a truck there, which I haven't found, but the holds are, are full of concrete and 44-gallon drums, ammunition, um, lots of mortar shells there. Uh, the mortar shells are packed in wooden crates, um, four shells uh, per uh, crate. Um, and there's a lot of, um, I think they're 102mm uh, rounds uh, laying all over the place, along with a whole heap of um, um, bullets about the size of a 303 bullet, but I'm, I, I don't know exactly what size they are. I'm not sure the Japanese um, uh, infantry, what they used. Yeah. Um, the, so the wreck lies now uh, in about 40 metres of water. Uh, the most accessible part is the, the, the port side of the ship, which is sitting well up off the uh, bottom in about um, seven metres of water. And the couple of holes uh, in the side of it, one of uh, up near hole number one, um, it, it's near the anchor locker as well as probably the, where it got flooded. Um, and there's two other big holes in the side, uh, which look like they've been cut in there for, for a salvage team, which obviously got into the engine room and got all the brass and bronze and stuff like that out of there. Um, the the, the uh, propeller's been removed, so it, it would have been salvaged um, uh, by um, uh, probably Australian salvage, actually. Uh, I thought it was, uh, uh, I think his name was uh, Bob May. Um, in the time, he and another Australian by the name of Hertz, uh, Fritz Hertzschild. Um, they've done a lot of salvage work around the wartime, uh, getting hold of copper and brass and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it makes for an interesting dive. The visibility outside of the wreck is around about um, 20 metres of visibility. You can, um, When you enter to the holds and go in there, you've got a fair bit of visibility. But if you spend much time in there and kick up any silt, yeah. uh, it very quickly reduces down to nothing. So you, you've got to be careful what you do and move very slowly and meticulous about what you see. And what was in the jar of ampules? I gather you didn't open it or you did open it? Uh, no, I didn't open it. Uh, there isn't any any names or anything like that. Or, or like, um, it, it looks like maybe morphine or, or something like that. Um, so they're all different colours, and there's some big ampules in there and some smaller ones. Um, there's a another um, a chest not too far from there, which has been this chest has been uh, established. Um, it's in a uh, large, um, probably copper um, bin. Um, and it's full of uh, syringes and um, uh, jars of uh, what would have been medicine of some sort in there. So um, the ship obviously carried uh, a medical crew on board of it in a war zone. Um, it, it, it's a sizable wreck. It's, it's yeah. very nice, very nice ship to dive on. Actually. And uh, there's a company, the Dive Gizzo, they, they actually take you out there if you if you want to go over there. 
Yes, there is. So Dive Gizzo is a, a, a company we've just set up here. They've got a, um, uh, a accommodation in town, basically, to the Gizzo Hotel. Uh, so people fly into the airport, which is just just across the bay, actually. It's very close, probably about two miles from um, where the uh, the base is for Dive Gizzo, which is right in town, uh, on the waterfront. And uh, this is what you like. They've got um, uh, several of the, uh, I think they're Yamaha longboats. Um, they're about eight, eight metres in length. And their, their ones uh, have twin 60-horsepower um, mariners on them. You're right. And when you sit in them, or when they sit in them, <laughs> they've got, got one, one in each hand because they're, they're tiller-controlled. Yes. So they've, got, they've, got, they've got a 60 in each hand. <laughs> and, and these things get along with like eight people in them and they're built along at um, probably doing the best part of 20 knots, I suppose, maybe, maybe more. Um, and they, they very quickly get out to the dive sites. Um, the, the crew here are all, all local people. Uh, the owner is uh, American. Um, but uh, the, the crew here, they're lovely guys. They just... Um, Help you out where they can, and like we've been, we've been diving by ourselves. We take our own tender for a, a two and a half mile jaunt from um, where we're moored in Gizzo Harbour up to where the, the wreck site is. But we just check with them each day and make sure that we're not going to interfere with their dive operations. And they just um, come back and yeah, no problem. We'll be down here, and you want to try this spot on the way or something like that. So they're, they're nice guys we're just working in with. Sounds like the people are very friendly over there. Yeah, they are. Um, once you get to know them, they're a little bit standoffish. Um, in fact, we, we had a, a local lad on board. Uh, he was um, about 20 years old. Um, he was a, a dive master, and he wanted to get from one of, one of the islands he was working at, Papatua, and back home to, to visit his grandmother. Um, and somebody said, oh, well, look, no, we'll give you a lift, and on the way we'll do some diving. And he was a lovely guy. But there's a, a distrust of the white fella. Yes. Um, that, that hangs that hangs around, and, and we find once we, we get there and we sit down and we talk to them, it's a, it's a bit of a shock to the system that hey, you know, these white fellas aren't just coming here to to um, I'm just trying to forget the right word, but to, to, to rape the planet or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and it's the word that needs to be passed around, and the only people doing that really is the cruising yachts. Yeah. Um, um, and. Um, Australia, which I think is, is lagging in the support around here, um, just needs to, to, to get people in here and wander amongst the island. Um, uh, if we can get some of our horticulturists into the area and maybe maybe improve some of their, their farming tactics and stuff like that, um, I think would be uh, uh, better than any police force we could send across. Yeah. Um, and um, probably be a whole lot cheaper as well. Um, and the thought here of the Chinese moving in doesn't sit well with the locals. No. Um, so I'd be waiting, waiting to see what happens on that front. Um, I did hear of some unrest in Honiara yesterday. Um, I believe there was a soccer match or something which went wrong. Um, but that happens all over the world, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the details of it. One of the things that annoys them a lot, Pete, is the uh, trade stores. The Chinese would own the trade store along with the Indians. Yeah, I haven't noticed the Indian content much. but Not, the, not over in the Solomons much, but it is in other areas. Yeah. So the, 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 the trade stores have very little in them, really. They, they've, they've got rice, they've got flour, they've got a very yep, limited the basics. supply of, of meat, all the basics there, but they are all run by the Chinese. 
But having said that, that doesn't mean that the locals can't set up their own trading store. Yes. Um, there is one in town that I've noticed. It's at the, the fuel dock, actually. Um, uh, they've got a little cafe there, which has a much to much to Michelle's surprise and delight. They have a fairly good stock of meat. <laughs> 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 um, yes, my my senior chef on board loves her loves her cooking and. Um, and uh, we should start to run a little bit low on supplies here. And so uh, when she discovered this place, it was like heaven to her. Um, but, um, yeah, it, 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 it's a a country that is underdeveloped, is, uh, I guess, the word that I'm looking for here. Um, we're still here for another probably three weeks or so before our visas start to expire, and we'll make our way out of here. Um, I, I did befriend a... Um, retired politician in Noro. Uh, his, his name, as it sounds strange, is Strobo. Uh, he, he used to be the Speaker for the Parliament. And he, he said to me, he said, when you finish travelling around, come back and talk to me. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah, um, interesting. Just, just, just the, um, the way in which I um, perceive the place to be. Yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, and one of the downfalls is probably beetle nut. <laughs> Yes. Mm. Actually, I was surprised there's a lot of that in Vietnam as well, up north, beetle yeah, nut. Yeah, right throughout the yeah. islands, the beetle yeah. nut. But what, what motivates them is when they get on the lime stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. For people who, who don't know the beetle nut, it's, it's a nut about the size of um, a large a large peanut, or bigger than that, actually. Uh, bigger than that. Oh, bigger. It's, it's like a plum, like yeah, the size of a small yeah, plum. Yeah, that's about the size of a plum. Mm. That's Green and the chewed, and yeah. the, all their mouth goes Black, red and rotten yeah. looking. Oh. It ribbles out of their mouth. It's sterile. And they chew with coral. Yeah. Yeah, they chew it with coral, so the coral cuts the gum so it gets into their bloodstream yeah. and, and <laughs> grinds away their teeth at the same time. Yeah. But I, I actually stopped and looked at it the other day, and I, I don't know how much of the, the, the country's economy is based around beetle nut. Because people come to the markets, and the, the, the biggest market here for sure is the beetle nut market. People come in there and buy things, and I guess the people that sell the beetle nut then go and buy some groceries or, or an outboard motor or something like that. I don't know how the economy works, but without that, the economy might be in trouble. Yeah. Um, personally, I think, um, and I, I'm, I'm no politician, but I would start to, if I was um, heading to this government, I would first of all start to think about the beetle nut situation and maybe say, all right, um, you can't give this to children under five. Yeah. And then in a couple of years' time, you can't give it under to children under 15 or something like that. Just sort of, you have to introduce it slower. Um, and some of the parents give the kids beetle nut to starve off hunger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, they chew it. Uh, it's like chewing gum to them. Okay. You know, they, they take it. And that's why the kids have it. Hmm. It, it, it is, uh, that is their alternative. Yeah, yeah. but that's their lifestyle. I mean, and, I saw that way back in the early, very early 60s, and it hasn't changed up no. until today. No. It's still the same. You see, you know, five and ten-year-old kids, that their teeth yeah. are just rotten. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, because of the, the coral and the, or the lime and the, the beetle nut that they've been chewing. You know, yeah. and then you come to another village, um, and you 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 go ashore and say, oh, what are you going to hear? And these lovely kids come up with these big smiles. Not that the ones that have been chewing food on that aren't lovely kids. They're nice kids. <laughs> but when you look at them compared to 
yes. villages that don't accept beetle nuts so much. Um, mm. there's, there's a big difference in the, the smiles and the, the health of the children. I go yeah. back to the early days of the 60s and, and the 70s and um, Fiji was like the carver that they used to drink and you'd find, like, if you go to a bar, they'd be asleep under the bar, you know. <laughs> they get on the... They make the carver pretty strong and sends them off to sleep and they're in such a happy little world, you know. <laughs> they have, well, in the natural state, they look like the date palms off the side of a palm tree, don't they, when mm. that's how yeah. they turn up. Yeah, 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 that's 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 the way to describe it. Yeah, I was, I was looking at the worst to describe it. It's exactly right, date palms, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, it's, um, we're, we're enjoying our time here. It's, it's sunrise now. I'm watching the sun come up. And it comes up in the east here, the same as it does in Australia. <laughs> well, you can go and make Michelle a nice cup of coffee now. Well, the boss is still asleep, actually, but I'll be on, on my second coffee very soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Pete. So we've been having a, 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 a Japanese girl who's been travelling around the world silo and she's been coming over from early morning coffee with me, so that's, that's nice to have. Lovely. <laughs> so, Good to hear. Um, yeah. Okay, Pete, thank you for that. Look forward to catching up uh, next weekend and see where you are. Yeah, that'd be excellent. Okay, thanks, Pete. Okay. See you, okay. Pete. Right. Peter Sayer is having a great time in Solomon's Kieran, by the sounds of oh, He's not yeah. in a hurry to leave there. No, no, three more weeks, yeah. Steve, what do you think of it? <laughs> oh, it's a magic-looking place. Have a look at his his uh, Facebook page, yeah. Peter Sayer, and uh, it's just amazing that what he's diving on, what he's looking at. Mm. So that's Sayer, S-A-Y-R-E. Not E-R. Yeah, Peter Sayer, back soon. I used to drive seven hours to hospital and seven hours back. You know, when Bob first flew me to hospital from a chemo, it was such a relief. Can you imagine? A two-day trip became two hours. What Angel Flight does is a godsend. So please, support the work of Angel Flight, or if you can, get involved as a volunteer pilot or driver, because helping Angel Flight helps people who really need help. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. They make Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers, which offer protection like no other. So you can get out and about knowing that the interior is protected from spills, mud, sand, dogs, even messy family members. Razorback 4x4 have the strongest, most comfy seat covers this side of the black stump, and they're customisable with free shipping Australia-wide. Head to Razorback4x4.com.au and grab some for your four-wheel drive today. That's Razorback4x4.com.au. Get a great deal more with Kubota's in-stock catalogue. Check out Kubota's excavators, mowers, utility vehicles, generators and tractor range, which perfectly match to Kubota's land pride attachments. All available for immediate delivery. Let Kubota help to get your property ready for summer. With package deals, competitive finance rates and extended warranties, there's never been a better time to get yourself into a new Kubota machine. Visit kubota.com.au to view the in-stock catalogue now. Good for the game tomorrow? Nah, still trying to sell the car. Uh, give me your phone, let me do it. Yeah, good luck. Car sales, instant offer. Car sales what? Instant offer. You can skip creating an ad, dealing with buyers and waiting for a decent offer all weekend. Is that the offer for my car already? Yep. Now just take it to one of the official buyers nationwide, get it looked over, and the money drops the next business day. So I'll see you at the game then? Yeah, see you at the game. Car sales instant offer. The hassle-free way to sell your car. Decency supply. 
Sherlock wheelbarrows for almost 50 years, making moving mulch, bricks, concrete and waste around the home or job site easier. Sherlock lasts longer. Sherlock. Visit the full range at sherlocklastlonger.com.au. Available at Bunnings Warehouse. From sailboats to yachts to jet skis, Finance Easy offer leisure craft loans with flexible repayments to suit your budget and lifestyle. And they give you an answer within 24 hours. They've taken the hassle out of borrowing money for your new pride and joy, offering a large range of lenders with rates more competitive than the bank. Applying is easy. Visit the website and provide a few details. Go to financeeasy.com.au or call 1300 003 003. Australian Credit Licence Number 392182. At Catholic Healthcare, you'll experience an holistic approach to aged care, mind, body and spirit. Step into a community where you can discover the joy of connection, belonging and renewed independence. Call Catholic Healthcare today. We are all about you. 2SM has Sydney talking. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go fishing down the river again. Up before the sun with a can of worms running with my friend. Welcome back. Everyone's reminiscing about it. like to be in the Solomon Islands with Peter Sayer, I think. Mm. And that'll be uh, a lovely little trip to do. But if you can't do that, the next best thing is go out to 938 Woodville Road at Villawood, Complete Angler, get all your fishing gear and get the right advice there and go have a fish around Sydney Harbour or up and down the coast. Morning, Mike. Uh, yeah. Morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. How are we all? We're good. good. I'll give you a big build up and then don't press a button. That was good. <laughs> we got there eventually. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ah, but it's been good still. So, um, yeah, fishing's still been excellent. And it's um, good to see we're getting a bit of rain as well, too. I think that's going to really change things up a bit, too, particularly if the forecast is correct as well for Sydney. Um, we're supposed to be getting a fair bit, which is, yeah, it'd be quite interesting to see what happens. But, but yeah, look, fishing's still been really good. Like, we've had a bit of up and down weather-wise, but still getting plenty of reports in. Um, and quite a few changes as well, um, which is really nice to see as we start to move into into summer. Um, but, look, I'll do a quick wrap around the, the grounds because um, it's, it's been really good in all the systems and they've all been a little bit different. Um, but the bay's starting to finally really starting to fire up, which is good because that has been a little bit slow, the bay, this year. Um, but there's some really good tailor schools out there at the moment, like proper tailor size. Like, there's some chopper tailor schools getting around, but... Um, some of the schools have holding fish like in that 40 to 50 centimetre size, which is really impressive. Um, and there's also been a mix of salmon and kingfish as well too. So it's really good to see, you know, botany starting to fire up with that type of stuff. Um, so the, at the moment, like, they are a plagic. They move around a bit. But at the moment, they're all around that Tara Kernel area, but they can move around. Um, same as the King reports too. It's starting to get a bit steady in there. Like Mollamox and, and the Kansas as well too have been starting to show up some smaller fish. Um, and also the mouth of the captains as well too for the shore base guys as well um, and I think probably the big change in there is just there's been a lot of squid around because the squid guys are doing really well around the main entrance of the bay at the moment so I think that's probably why um, it's been starting to really fire up particularly with them plagics as well um, there's been also plenty of floodies as well too up around Bright and Sands and all around that area as well but there's that annoying weed on the bottom too which can be really annoying when, you, when you're doing a lot of drifting for them but look, they're definitely there um, and in the Georges itself has been still fishing extremely well. There's been lots of brim. It's 
been excellent, actually, how good the broom fishing's been up in there. Um, and also plenty of school dewfish as well, too. And, and don't be surprised if you're catching tailor and, and salmon as well, too, right up in that system at the moment. So um, it'll be really interesting if we get a bit of rain up there, actually, how it actually might push it right in, or, or the bait out in the bay, and it could be just amazing. So um, hacking's been a little bit quiet, but we, we don't get a huge amount of reports. But one, one well, a, a couple of the fish that are really starting to turn up has been them kingfish, because they've been all up at the back around Lilypilly, and guys have been reporting them up on the flats as well, too, early morning as well. So that's been really good. Um, and still getting reports of, like, whiting up around Main Bar and Mundine, all the usual areas. Um, so that's been interesting. Um, Hawkesbury's really turning it on this year. Um, it's been exceptional. It's been really good, the reports. We're getting tons of reports out of that system this year. Um, lots of prawns already, which is, I think, probably one of the main reasons why it's firing. And, and the brim and flooded have been just everywhere, all up and down the little creeks, right up the back of the Hawkesbury, down the bottom, the whole lot. So it's been really good. Um, and that's where the big jewfish have been coming out of as well. There's been them 10 to 15 kilo fish this year. Um, so not huge when it comes to Hawkesbury standards because it can, it can hold some huge fish in there. But um, it's been pretty consistent in there for them better-sized jewfish. It's been really good. Um, and same thing with the kingfish reports. Like, they've all been up around pit water, but they've started to move up into Jerusalem and Cottage Point and stuff like that as well, too, which is really cool. Um, and we're still getting hair towel reports. And the other one, too, is we're getting mud crab reports as well. So um, keep that in mind as well, too. Good time of year to get them traps out and get them prepped, ready to go. Um, City Harbour's been great. Um, again, the kingfish are all through that whole system. Same type of thing, actually, as the Hawkesbury. They've went all up the back of um, Middle Harbour, up at Seaforth, and even further up towards Roseville. Um, they've been in the main body up around Charter Bay. They've been just everywhere, and obviously up in the Parra as well, too, up around Balmain and the mouth of Lane Cove. So that's been really good, and it's been that early morning scene as well, too. It seems to be the key thing for the kings in there. Um, but again, like the Georges, the power has been exceptional all the way up to Silverwater. It's been great for the brimming um, and flathead and trevally and all them species. And again, same thing, just lots of little jewfish as well too this year, which is so good to see. Um, and Luderick too. Luderick run has been fantastic. So the harbour's been great, same as also the Georges as well too. has been fantastic this season still. Um, offshore, um, haven't had a stack of reports this week because the weather has been a little bit up and down. Um, but we did early in the week get some good reports from still them kings. Um, and they've been all the bigger ones out on the reefs. They've been them 10 to 15 kilo jobs. So it's been really nice to see. They've been up around Balambi and 12 Mile and Longy, all, all the usual type of areas. But again, it's been them, that early morning. Live baits has been the key. Um, also jigs as well too. The jig guys have been having a ball. Um, so still the reef reports have been steady, still getting snapper reports. Um, the trag reports are starting to move up already um, and plenty of flathead, but you easily get a feed at the moment out on the reefs. It's been really good. Um, and we've already had dolly reports as well, which is crazy. It's this early. We're already starting to get dolphin fish reports as well. So it's pretty cool. Um, and same as the game reports. It's been a little bit quiet. I just think it's just lack of participation. Guys haven't been out there. Um, but there hasn't been a few striped marlin. And we're hearing good reports of Yellowfin North as well, too, of Sydney, up around that Newcastle way as well. So we'll just see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, a lot of guys haven't been fishing for them. Um, and the other one, too, has been the bass fishing has been great as well from all the systems, Nepean in particular. There's been plenty of bass getting caught, uh, but also in the Joe Georges and Lane Cove as well. So really good fish to target after work. I, I love chasing bass after work. So, um, yeah, been lots happening, guys. On the fishing front's been really good. Really fantastic. Really good. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds awesome. Yeah, it's been great, guys. Okay, six nine thirty eight Woodville Road at Villawood, level three in the Dimmicks building in the city. Well, that's the one. And what about your website? 
yeah, so you can look at theangler.com.au. Um, and, of course, we're open seven days a week. Um, yeah, if it's, if it's windy and wet, it's a good opportunity <laughs> to come down and get this stuff organised for when summer, you know, really starts. So, okay. yeah, really good option. And uh, again, have a look at the Stratic Royal, the new Stratic. You'll have it yes. on display. Oh, yes, very nice. Very okay. Nice. Thanks, Mike. All right, guys. Okay. See All you, right. buddy. Mike from The Complete Angler. Sounds like the fish are firing, Kieran. Mm. It um, definitely sounds yeah, worth definitely like it. it. It's a great day. We spoke about it earlier, didn't we, Steve? Mm. Uh, it, it, the, it's the right weather, and about a one on one and a half on one and a half. If you're offshore, if your boat can handle it, it's a good time to be there. But you will get wet. Yep. You That's will right. get wet. Very wet. Fish are, the fish are used wet. to it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't have shark skin. Okay, we'll be back with more of High Tide after the news.